welcome to the Psych and Business Podcast, where we highlight the integration of psychology and psychological principles into the world of business and organizations. I'm your host, Dr. Ernest Wade. So today we have a really, really special series that we're starting on leadership, uh, and we're going to be focusing on transitioning of leaders, so transitioning to leadership and management. And we're going to be focusing today on leading yourself. But before we dive into that, I want to introduce you to Dr. Connie Schroyer, who is a former guest. And so if you have not heard uh, Connie's episode, I highly, highly recommend that you go back and listen to that individual episode because it was fantastic. But today, Connie is going to be kicking off the series. And so, Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me back, Ernest. Awesome. Uh, Connie, I want you, before you dive into your section, talk a little bit about the series, talk a little bit about how and why you developed the series and why you think this is so important for transitioning leaders. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think that it's, um, you know, as you think about leadership, there's a lot of people sometimes just get thrown into it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's training and that's great. But sometimes people are just really, really good at what they do and says, hey, would you like to lead? Someone says, would you like to lead other people? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. So what we've tried to do, um, myself and, and um, my colleagues, who you're going to be hearing from uh, presenting on the other modules, is to really yep. think about what what are the components of effective leadership? So one is, and oftentimes people don't think about this, leading yourself. You know, what? how mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. need to show up? So that's the first module that I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then- And most people skip that. They don't even think about that. <laughs> don't right? even they just think about, about the themselves. next one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really, really important. And sometimes, you know, you can show up and your your natural style and capabilities, you know, work, work great. You still need to be mm-hmm. conscious about how you lead others. Sometimes you have to manage, you know, some things a bit. So that's the leading self. Then there's the leading others, right? So how do you how do you manage performance and people and hold people accountable and um, you know, get work done through other people? As opposed yeah. to just doing it yourself, <laughs> so that's yeah. that's the second one, it's like managing. Yeah, the and we're gonna have Dr. Marlene Thorne talk about that one, so that's gonna be fantastic as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know the last one is just you are leading, um, you know, an organization, or you are a leader in an organization. So leading or managing in organizations is the, is the third one. It's how you do more the of the strategic and the business and the financial and employee engagement and those sorts of things. Yeah. And we're going to have Dr. D. Ramsell talk about that, and she's perfect for that as well. So yeah. it's going to be such a great, great series, and I'm so glad that you've all agreed to do this. So uh, thanks for that introduction. Let's dive right into leading yourself, because I think, again, as you mentioned, this is one of the things that's critical, but I think a lot of people forget about the fact that they've got to lead themselves and really attend to themselves. So let's dive right into that one. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so just to kind of frame it, in the, in the first module around leading self, it really is about, it's, it's a lot about emotional intelligence. And I know you've talked about this before in other podcasts. I talked about it on my, on my prior mm-hmm. one. But it is, first of all, about really knowing what you bring to the role of leading other people in general or mm-hmm. leading people in, in your particular role that you're in. So it is a lot about building that self-awareness, which is the component of, uh, first component of emotional intelligence. And mm-hmm. then it's also about how do you manage then either manage up what you need to do more of maybe that you may not naturally do or manage down so it's managing uh, yourself and then how do you also think about uh, you know when you're what environment you're creating for other people 
So we talk mm-hmm. a lot in leading self about being very conscious about creating positive emotional energy and climate or environment so that other people get what they need to perform. And that in and of mm-hmm. itself is, is a lot. <laughs> and so in the, in the course, we go through the components of emotional intelligence we include an assessment of leadership style. We include, uh, it's a called learning style, which is generally available for people who want to go and learn a little bit more about their overall uh, style. And I can talk a little bit more about specifically what that measures. There's lots and lots of assessments out there around mm-hmm. style and impact and leadership competencies. So lots of them, I you know, chose this particular one for a reason to give people a little bit of of self-awareness. But Mm -hmm. also I think the module talks about how on an ongoing basis, the need to just constantly get feedback and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. better understand your impact and what others need and continually assessing what is it that I need to manage up, manage down, do more of. So we also talk a lot just about that process of how you Mm -hmm. do that um, as a leader. So I would say that those are probably um, the the primary areas that we cover in the course. Now, Connie, let me ask you about what you're talking about in terms of self-awareness. I, I completely agree that that's really important, but I find that a lot of leaders lack self-awareness, right? And, and you've described a couple of ways in which you can do that is, is by taking some of the assessments that gives you some information about um, your behavior and just increase your self-awareness. But another way is also asking for feedback from other people. And, and I've I found from from time to time that leaders are sometimes afraid to ask for that feedback, right? They're they're afraid of what they might hear. How have you have you seen that at all? And how do you deal with that? So yeah, it's it's you know, some people are just, I think, naturally hungry for mm-hmm. feedback and will will ask it and and go out and and just naturally you know, say, how, how did I do and what could I do differently? The challenge is, I think, especially as people become, go into leadership positions and go into higher and higher leadership positions, is people are sometimes afraid or nervous to give true, honest feedback, right? Oh, yeah. boss, you're, you're great. Yeah, everything, everything is wonderful, right? So I think that, you know, it, part of creating the right environment and part of the whole, you know, emotional intelligence framework is really knowing you know how to show up in a way that builds trust so that people mm-hmm. aren't fearful of giving feedback and there are formal ways through 360s and, and other ways but ideally you want to create an, a learning environment where mm-hmm. you're being vulnerable and that's you know that's sometimes one of the parts of emotional intelligence that's 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 very difficult is to actually say and show some vulnerability and to say I'm, I probably don't know as much about this as maybe yeah. some of you here. And so, you know, I need your feedback. I need your help. I need your, your input. All, all of those sorts of things um, are, are really important. But sometimes it's hard to, to be vulnerable. But lots of research says that's what really builds trust and creates that climate where people do give feedback. They might disagree. They might put forth alternative points of view. And, you know, like I said before, it's part of it is knowing what you bring as a leader through all these variety mm-hmm. of assessments. What's your what's your style? What's your approach? Are you someone who's a very, you know, fast thinker, fast doer, takes input, makes a decision? Are you someone who's yeah. more of a reflective, let's or collects a lot of data and maybe slower in decision making? And knowing, you know, that others might have different styles 
and that you mm-hmm. actually need a diversity of styles when you're working in a team to be effective. Yeah, I, I love that approach, that double prong approach that, you know, that the, the assessments gives you that some of that objective um, information to help you build that self-awareness. But then you're also asking for feedback from others, which gives you some of that that reputation, right? So it's not just about what you think of yourself, but how others are seeing you as well to, to really round off that self-awareness. Yeah. It, it's that it's that combination, and one of the one of the techniques that we use in the class or just model or frameworks is the Johari window, which mm-hmm. I love because you know for those of you who aren't familiar with it, if you create kind of a a, a two by two grid, right? What is yeah. known to me, known to self? What is not known to me or self? And then what is known to others, and what is not known to others, right? So you have these four boxes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, well, first of all, let's talk about, you know, what typically there are things that other people know about us that we don't mm-hmm. know about ourselves. Those are blind spots. And so yes. in the course and in life, it's always helpful uh, to know your blind spots. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they are your strengths taken to the extreme. <laughs> and I think especially when people are going into leadership roles, right? They, yeah. They will keep doing what got them to where they are, what made them successful. Maybe a lot of achievement, perfectionism, knowing how to do things, fast, quick problem solving, all those sorts of things. Results oriented. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so others might, you know, especially if you're new to the role and haven't, you know, gotten feedback yet. This is, you know, there are lots of blind spots, but one common one is, well, I'm just going to continue doing that. Uh, And so you end up solving everybody else's problems around you. You don't empower, you don't engage, you don't make people feel that they're trusted, you know, all sorts of impacts, which are completely unintentional, but just sort Mm -hmm. of happen, Uh, you know, just natural course of you being who you are. So one of the techniques is back to your point about getting feedback is to try to reduce your blind spots by being Mm -hmm. open and getting that feedback. The other, though, interesting way of using the this Jahari window is if you look at the part that is known to you, but not known to others, mm-hmm. that's more the private, you know, what private self. And in some cases, people don't want to necessarily reveal these things. So it's one thing to go through all these types of assessments and learn about yourself and whether you're you know, an introvert or an extrovert or whether you're someone who's super conscientious or not or, you know, super high on uh you know, dominant scale or whatever, whatever it is. Right. Uh, But, but then what do you do with that? And so, you know, the recommendation is to always sort of be, uh, disclose it, be very Mm -hmm. transparent that I know that this is my style and I know that I can come across this way. So if I'm being too much like this, too dominant or too, you know, I you know I can be, for example, you know, if you're someone who likes analysis and doesn't feel comfortable making a decision without lots of data, say, I know that this is my, it can be a strength, but this is my tendency. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're bringing something to me that needs a fast, quick decision, you know, say, hey, this might be a situation where we may not want to go out and collect more data yet. We need to make a yeah. decision. If we make the wrong one, we can change it. But say that to me because I won't necessarily uh, go that route. And so that's an example of where disclosure actually reduces your private self, makes it more public, which is what's known to you mm-hmm. and known to others. And the really effective leaders, there's that sense of just openness about 
who I am and what I'm bringing doesn't mean I just bring everything that's on my on my mind and in my brain. And that's where we get into some of the self-control issues. But I love the Jahari window as a technique. Yeah, I love the Jahari window as well. I've used it a few times and I really appreciate the, the quadrants there. I think I, what really resonating with me, what you're saying here in terms of disclosure is that it's, it's really critical to share what you know about yourself to your lead, to your team, to the people that you're working with so that they can have a better sense of who they're working with as a leader, right? So they can understand your tendencies and your perspectives and then, and then know and have a discussion around, okay, here's what my tendency might be. Please bring it to me or please t- talk to me and let me know if you're seeing this or that. The other thing I think also comes up in disclosure a lot is the sense of uh, doubt, right? I think a lot sometimes leaders have the sense of doubt that they don't know they don't have the answer. They don't know the solution. And they feel like that that can't be, right? As a leader, they have to have all the answers. And so they, they, they refuse to disclose that. And I think by disclosing that, it really opens up that, hey, it, it welcomes other people's input and lets them know that, hey, other people can have this, the answer as well. I'm not the only person who needs to have the answer. Yeah. And one of the pieces of advice that I give, especially early leaders, is to say, learn to, how to ask the right questions, to help Mm. people come up with their own answers. The earlier that you learn that versus feeling like you have to come up with all the answers, you know, it's, it's kind of like the coaching style. You're, you're kind of guiding someone through a process of self discovery for themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you, they don't hopefully come to you for all the answers. That's not what you want. You want people to, you know, maybe, maybe as a leader, you know, they should be thinking differently and you've had more experience than them, or you have access to what's going on higher up in the organization than they do. So it doesn't mean you necessarily use that knowledge and experience to come up with the answer, but you can use it to ask really good questions to help mm-hmm. people see things differently, have insights, you know, be able to explore things maybe in, in a different way. And that technique is, is one of the really most valuable leadership styles around, you know, that, that coaching style that really helps drive performance and helps drive engagement. It helps people to develop all those great things that you want. Yeah. I I love that. I think that's, that's, that's a really great approach as a leader to, to tap into those resources that you have. Uh, And also it helps to empower them, right. It empowers them to, to do their work and and to be able to um, come up with some of the answers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think the other thing that we cover in the program, which is really impactful, is, you know, so there's, if I just think about emotional intelligence, there's the self-awareness component, Mm -hmm. um, but then there's the self-management component as well. And we do spend some time, and I think it's, it's important for people to think about when are the times when you're not at your best and what, Mm. what can, what's, what, what are the triggers What's the reaction? Because the sooner, the more frequently we can manage those things, um, then we can usually show up as a better person, a better leader, and create the right environment for our people. So we use a, a technique and phrase that you know, I think originally was coined by Daniel Goleman and Richard Boyatzis around the amygdala hijack exercise, mm. <laughs> emotional self-control exercise. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's where we do things that we don't sometimes even know why we do or say or react in a, in a certain way. And, and that way it can be anger. It can be 
in patients, it can be, you know, very, some people react very sarcastically to certain, to certain ways. It can be sometimes shutting down and going and just, you know, I'm done with this person. I'm not having anything to do with you. I'm going to go off and just do it myself or not deal with you anymore. I mean, there's all sorts of reactions that, that people have. And, you know, granted, sometimes they're logical and rational, but oftentimes it's because it's triggering something. And so mm-hmm. the more that um, people can begin to, to see what is triggering them uh, and, and what consistently happens and to know how to deal with, with it in an appropriate way. I mean, if someone is doing something that is rude or inappropriate to be able to hold that person, you know, hold their feet to the fire and say, hey, you know, when you said that it had this impact without getting the emotional reaction. And so one of the things that's often measured in a 360 around emotional intelligence is that self-control and that ability to keep calm and to uh, even if you're you're not feeling calm or if you're feeling a certain way inside to be able to show up in a way that's having the the right impact. So we we spend a little bit of time on the emotional self-control, learning how to manage internally Mm -hmm. and then also how to just make sure you're showing up, you're not for example, multitasking or back-to-back in meetings or all those things that, you know, you're dealing with stressors or whatever it is that, you know, gets you into a better, better place to be able to deal with others and what may be coming at you and to be more present and more aware. So we talk mm-hmm. about ways of doing that in the leading self, which is really important. Yeah, I love I love how this builds on itself, right? Because you start off with self-awareness, making sure that you're understanding your tendencies, understanding your, your, your behaviors and your actions, and then you move into self-management. Now that you have this understanding, what do you do with it? What are the actions that you need to take in order to make sure that you're you're managing your behavior, you know, and and making sure it's appropriate. And so it's it's building on on itself to helping you not just understand yourself, but also do something about it as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I think the other important component that we cover do the self-awareness, the self-management is the social side of it, right? The social awareness. And that's just learning to pick up on cues, learning just effective listening, like really deep Mm -hmm. listening, not just listening to the words, but listening, looking for the cues, the body language, the tone, um, and even listening deeply for empathy and Mm-hmm. You know, trying to be attuned, we use the words attunement, like how do you get attuned with your people? And, you know, mm-hmm. you probably felt it, we all have, where someone has come out and the mood has been, you know, maybe after a layoff or after something negative has happened and manager comes out, leader comes out in this raw, raw, very positive. <laughs> people are just like, this is not, this is not resonating with us right now. Yeah. Right. So again, it's, yeah, it's like very, read the room, right? Yeah, read the room. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that you also, that you, that it's not the opposite either. It's not that you come out and say, I know it's horrible. It's gloom and doom. It's bad. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you use empathy effectively to recognize just how people must, must be feeling or, uh, you know, ask people how they're feeling, right? Even better, ask them, you know, what's going on for them. And then, you know, address it in a way that says these are, you know, with empathy, these, I can tell this is having an impact on you and, you know, your ability to to focus or to feel good about where we are right now, whatever it is. And, you know, to say something like, and I'm, I'm committed to understanding at a deeper level, 
and taking action to try to make some of the changes. You can't change what happened in the past. You have to admit what you can and can't change. But, um, you know, and then, of course, you have you have to follow through with that. So that that attunement and that deep listening is a skill that you know I think just just in everyday life is, is really important. But talk about the so how you do that. So this is an interesting one, because we're, when we're talking about the social cues and the social environment, you have to firstly be able to read those cues. Right. You have to be able to understand the social environment that you're in and understand how people are the, the cues that they're giving you in terms of the behaviors and things like that. But then you're also talking about being able to respond to those appropriately, right? So, so how how does someone who who doesn't have you know the training that we have as psychologists, how do they they start to to learn how to read those cues and interpret them appropriately? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, it's it's about being present. Really, really being present, not multitasking, mm-hmm. not thinking when you should be listening to what other people are saying or going on. So whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it takes for you to be fully, fully present. I think if you're not someone who does this naturally, some people just do it more naturally than others. It's okay mm-hmm. to ask for help. You probably have someone on your team in your peer group who sees a lot. Maybe you have mm-hmm. a couple people who just see things, notice things, read the room better. If you're not someone who does it naturally, so I think yeah. rely on trusted friends, team members, peers, whomever to say, you know, how, how, how did that go over or even give permission in the moment, right? This is one of the things around, um, I think I talked about this a little bit last time around teams and setting norms mm-hmm. for teams. You know, it's, it's okay to kind of stop me and say, you're moving on. We're, we're not there yet or wh- whatever it yeah. is, you know, mm-hmm. um, we need you to come back or. I don't think there's complete agreement or we feel we don't feel good about this to say, well, you know, whatever it is. So part of it is setting that that environment. And then, you know, to your point, once once you do see a cue, if you don't understand it or you're not sure what it means, just say, I'm sensing that something's going on right now or, Mm -hmm. you know, what 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 is going on for you or what's happening right now? I'm I'm not quite sure. I I noticed a facial expression, you know. Um, and sometimes it's happened to me and be like, oh, no, I'm just I'm just thinking I'm with you, but I'm just thinking, well, that's OK. I appreciate that that in that moment, someone recognized that I might be feeling a certain way and they say, yeah. oh, what's that face? <laughs> you know, are you not are you not there yet or what, whatever it is? So um, I think learning to just check in with people, even norms mm-hmm. around, you know, it's been a busy week and we're here. Here we are on a Friday morning. We've got a meeting let me just go around and just check in. How, how are you, is everyone feeling today? So you can put in place norms and processes like that to do it. If you're not someone who necessarily picks up on those cues. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I love the way that you're, you're, you're uh, providing these tips for people who, who, who this doesn't come naturally to, right? You're saying lean on other people who, who have this ability or put in place some processes, make it okay, make it acceptable for people to, you know, to, to come to you and, and kind of make it clear how they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's really, I mean, this one, I would say that the other modules probably cover a greater variety of topics. Mm -hmm. This one covers probably fewer topics, but it goes, it goes pretty deep into those topics. So it goes Mm -hmm. deep into the the self-awareness, into the amygdala hijack and so forth, into the social awareness. We talk about, um, 
doing exercise around just common listening blocks that people have and some of the, the things that people can do to improve um you know, some of the, some of the listening. We also talk a little bit about, I don't think I've touched on this yet, but that when you look at the Mm self-awareness that it's, it's not just about your, your style or your personality or your competencies, that you also want to go deeper into things like your life goals, your, um, your values sometimes Mm -hmm. even. So because I've, th- I've seen things like um, one example many, many years ago of someone I was working with who had a really strong integrity value, for instance. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't necessarily pick that up on any assessment tool per se because, you know, most people have integrity, you know, to a good degree if they're in the workforce and been successful. I would hope so. Yes. Like, yeah, you hope so. Yeah. For this individual that I'm thinking of in particular and, you know, he was very, um, he, he would be very quick to make a judgment if he felt that someone was not telling him the truth. And so mm. it was really impacting his emotional intelligence and ability to, to present himself. And he, you know, had gotten to be up to be a fairly senior leader in this organization. And so, you know, there's sometimes a process of self-reflection where you have to look at and say, you know, what, what is it that I very strongly held values or beliefs and how do I make sure that I'm not overjudging or over, uh, you know, processing that to the point where if someone, for example, with him, if someone was inconsistent, one week would say something and the next you know, meeting might say something else. Well, that, mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not even dealing with that person anymore because they totally said something different this week than next week and not even thinking that maybe the person had new information, had changed their mind for a very good reason. And so this is where the self-awareness around when you're feeling a certain way inside to check it, right? To to check it and say, help me understand. I heard you say this last week. Now I hear you don't make an assumption. You know, Uh has something happened that has changed your perspective? Assume positive intent. Don't don't make assumptions, uh, you know, when people are, are saying things or doing things. And it, and it happens all the time. So I think that's something that as people, we learn very shorthand ways sometimes of mm-hmm. making you know decisions or categorizing or do I trust this person or not? But there's an added responsibility, I think, when you are, especially when you're leading other people and you're responsible for them, that you, that you try to bring out the best in them. And I think that that's, if I had to kind of say, how does this whole thing kind of wrap up and end? <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you will, is it is around thinking that, you know, every interaction you have with a with an individual, whether that person works for you or not, but there's an added responsibility when you're, you know, when it's a team member, they're going to lead that interaction feeling emotionally better or worse. Mm-hmm. So your gauge is not all these metrics and KPIs that organizations use to measure your success. What is going to determine whether you're able to get your people rallied around driving that success is whether you leave them feeling more capable, engaged, fulfilled, you know, aligned with them, whatever it is. And there's there's a strong emotional component. Yeah. And I think that's so important, especially as a leader, when you're talking about self-awareness, it's so important because 
you bring a lot of yourself to that interaction. You bring your, a lot of yourself to that engagement with that other person. And so if you're not aware of what you're bringing even or what's impacting you and how it might be causing you to behave, you're, you're not going to be aware of how you're, inter- how you're causing that interaction to fail or, or to be challenging for that other person. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, Ernest, when I talk about this, people say, well, wait a minute. First, you said, be yourself. Learn about yourself. Be yourself. Disclose. Now you're saying, don't be yourself. Like, show up in a way that has a positive impact on other people. And I said, yes, it's not either or, it's and. (laughs) Yes, be yourself. We're we're all different people. Do not be somebody that you are not. Mm -hmm. But if there are things that the natural you (laughs) does that Mm de-energizes and makes people feel, you know, not in a positive way, in a more negative way, or can, or certain types of people, just be aware of that and try to figure out how within your natural way of being that, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're creating the best possible outcome that you can. So it, it is a little bit of, of both of those, I guess. Yeah. I say. And I think that's part of the role and the responsibility of yeah. being a leader, as you know, as you said, your, your, your responsibility is to leave those people uh, feeling positive and, and feeling as if they can do the work. And so if there's something that you're bringing to bear that, that, that uh, doesn't cause that or that that Im- conflicts with that, then you it's your responsibility to, to check that and to make sure that you're you're managing that as part of that self-awareness yeah. and self-management as a leader. Yeah, yeah. And this is, it's, it's you know, I, I love because Marlene always follows me on the leading others and it's a, you know, that, that you want to have the positive impact, but it is not, that is not the end goal. The end goal is your job mm-hmm. is to get performance. <laughs> Yes. So yeah. there, there is a knack and there are techniques. So if people walk away feeling this is very touchy feely and doesn't really address performance. Mm-hmm. This, this is all, these are the puzzle pieces that you have to put together that there are yeah. times when you do have to hold people accountable, manage performance, be, be, be tough as a, as a leader. Now I would always say mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there's, there's always a way to be tough with empathy. People may not like yeah. it at the end of the day. They may not like what you're saying, they may not like what you're hearing. So even if you're delivering a difficult message to someone, you're not performing, you're not cut out for this. It's, you know, there's still a person that you're talking to there who, yeah. you know, is has strengths and will show up energized and as a, you know, the right person in the right situation with the right people and so forth. So, yeah. you know, to me, it's more about how do you have empathy for you know, what might be happening, knowing that you also have a responsibility to lead and, and manage. And Marlene covers a lot more of those techniques and skills. And even this, I think, is really important as we're talking about performance management, which which Mar- I know Marlene would talk about. But I think even this in terms of knowing yourself, because I've, I know a lot of leaders or I've known a lot of leaders who who struggle with that aspect of leadership. You know, they don't they don't like engaging in conflict and they don't like uh, you know, speaking about or doing things that they think might might upset the other person, and so even knowing that about yourself, I think is really important because it it plays into how you yeah. try to help motivate and hold other people accountable to their work, right? So I think it's really important to understand that about yourself. Oh, and that's another blind spot that a lot of people sometimes, especially new leaders, have is they think, well, if I just continue kind of being friendly and friends and people, yes, I'm the boss, but you know, I want us, I want them to like me. Right. I don't mm-hmm. want to do or say anything that's going to upset them or, or create that distance. So you do oftentimes see that while that has advantages, if we're you know friendly with each other, that's great. But 
then you may not be, you know, as tough or direct or say things that need to be said. And it can also feel awkward sometimes if you're trying to coach, you know, sometimes you have to kind of step out of, we're not, we're not peers. We're not friends. I do want, I do need to push you, right? That is part of what I, what I need to do. So you have to be aware of that. If that's a blind spot or a style that, you know, you want to be kind of the, the, the friendly or the, the buddy leader, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's extremely important when, especially when your, your job as the leader is to help to, to, to move your employees towards being efficient and performing a specific task. You have to be able to be able to, to push them uh, in, in an empathic way, but, but doing that as part of your, the role and the responsibility of leadership and not, not every leader is, is comfortable with that. Right? Yeah, I totally agree. Even some who've been leaders for a long time, they, the, the preference sometimes is I'd rather just go off and do it myself or get somebody else yeah. to do it. And sometimes you'll hear that complaint. Well, it's so confusing because, you know, my, my manager asked this other person to do exactly what he or she asked me to do. That's not, <laughs> not, not a good feeling. Right? Like I, don't, yeah. I don't get it. And it just creates a lot of a lot of confusion and, you know, it can create, create conflict yeah. and competition, all, all of those sorts of things. But that is often a technique that people will use if they don't want to go back to the person and say, you know this wasn't a good job, need to work on this, yeah. what, what, whatever it is. Sometimes they'll take it and do it or they'll give it to somebody else to do. Yeah. yeah. Connie, I really appreciate you you um, talking through us through this module. I think it's, again, so important, but so very often overlooked. People don't focus enough on understanding themselves and, and building that self-awareness and engaging that self-management. So I think absolutely this is a really critical thing for, for leaders, especially leaders who are transitioning to the role and, and, and don't really have a good sense of what it is to be a leader. It's extremely important to spend some time on yourself, focus on yourself and build a, a better self-awareness so that you can understand what you're bringing to those relationships. So really appreciate you you talking about this during the module. Uh, Connie, how do people reach you if they want to you know, follow, follow on the, the conversation or reach out for your services to try to help get help with this? So they can reach me through my email. Uh, it's Connie.Schroyer, S-C-H-R-O-Y. ER at thealeadership.com. It's T-H-E-I-A, thealeadership.com. Or on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. I'm on LinkedIn. Okay, great. Fantastic. And then before we let you go, I always want to take advantage of the experts that we have on the show, as you as you remember. So specifically around leading yourself and, and you know, uh, understanding and building your self-awareness, what's a tip that you have for the audience in terms of how they can really get, engage in that process? Yeah. So... I mean, we've talked, we probably talked about it a, a lot, but I think, you know, it's getting, getting feedback often and early mm-hmm. to me is, is the, the biggest tip I, I can, can give. And just, you know, look, look for those signs and don't forget also to celebrate your, your, what you do well, so you can mm-hmm. keep on doing it. So that's the other thing yeah. is make sure to ask other people, what am I doing that is helping you to get things done? Keep doing that. Are there things like that I can be doing differently? Yeah, I love that tip. I always say feedback is a gift, right? It's <laughs> something that helps us to better understand ourselves and help us to make those necessary adjustments. So, you know, ask for those gifts of feedback. I mean, you you know, that helps you to 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 do better and to be better. So yeah, and don't be too Connie, hard yeah, on Thank yourself. you so much for coming on the show. Thing, don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> don't be too hard Every, on yourself. Everybody has blind spots. Everybody has things that they need to work on. So don't beat yourself up about it because I see people do that as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, great advice. Connie, thank you again so much for coming to the show and for doing this series. I really appreciate it. Oh, happy to do it, Ernest. Thank you.
Awesome. And to our listeners, I hope you will join us to listen in with Dr. Marlene Thorne and Dr. D. Ramsell afterwards. Thank you.